Okay, we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. What would you say you do here? Nothing at all. I think I played that one last week. You really did, and uh, it's getting old. (laughs) Wait, after one time? Well, I think you played the other one one time, and it got old. Why don't you stop talking for a while? All right, fine. Rude. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. So tonight we're going to talk about jobs. 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 We all have them. We all have to have them. Yeah, that's true. The difference with us, and and we're not, we don't have anybody in our group that is career oriented. So we haven't had careers. We've had jobs. I would agree with that. That's true. So maybe at some point we'll have another podcast where we're going to talk with career people. career people this is about jobs ladies and gentlemen yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to meet somebody <laughs> well, you know we could throw ian in there we could throw carly certainly yeah we have yeah, we guess. know people i've fallen into a career at this point i've been doing the same thing for a long time doesn't that count okay so that's a question does a job turn into a career after a certain period of time or do you have to go to college we're gonna have yeah. to bust out the dictionary to try to find this out <laughs> what's that yeah. yeah, that's why we've always had jobs. What does career mean? Dictionary.com. I know what that is. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You don't actually have a book, do you? Oh, I'm not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We burned those. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> okay, so jobs. You know, we can talk about, you know, jobs in general. It's kind of funny when you're young, and this goes to careers. When you think about, you know, when... People ask you, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, yeah. what do you want to do with your life? Fireman, oh, man. What a great question. I love that question. And the percentage of people that, you know, at the age of 15, let's say, arbitrarily, can tell you that I want to be this. Okay. How many times does that come true? Well, th- first of all, I, me and my friends, I don't think I knew anybody that actually had an idea that they would, or at least willing to voice. There was probably a handful in my high school. There were graduating a few, class. but... You know, and then there's some people that say they are, you know, this is what they're going to do. And then they don't go anywhere near that, of course. But right. I think that's kind of where, you know, a handful of them will say they know what they're going to do. And only two or one actually ends up doing it or anything. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you can see the kind of people that we've been associated with all our lives. So Again, obviously not, not it's career. not our fault with how things have turned out. Well, to your point earlier about not being career oriented, it's like me and my buddies from high school, we just sort of graduated high school and went, okay, here we go. Now what? Let's go get jobs. We've got to figure out some way to make enough money to buy that gaming console. That's right. And that next sack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next doobie. Priorities. That's right. That's exactly Priorities. right. Oh, man. See, I'm the uh, worst. Well, you're going to lose doobage. There we go. You're going to lose the moniker. I know. Uh, what, 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 I was lighting some doobage. What is that moniker? Joey Soundboard. That's Joey what, Soundboard. That's what it was. There it yeah. is. All right. I'm not allowed to give myself nicknames, so if you want that to stick, you're on your own. Okay. We can work on that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make that happen, so just wait. So because we aren't the career people that you know graduated high school, went to college to become a doctor, a lawyer, an uh, architect, an engineer or any of those career paths, we kind of have ended up 
with whatever job we could get, whether it was, you know, back in the day, it was in the newspaper. Uh, now online there's Craigslist and all the other ways to find, to match up people, you know, with a need for an employee and the employee. Did LinkedIn. You, did you ever get a job out of the paper? Oh yeah. 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 I don't think I ever did actually. I honestly did look for jobs in the paper. I looked for a million jobs in the paper, but I don't think I, I don't think I did. That's yeah, I, I always, remember looking hours in papers. It's funny. I think every sing. Well, no, there's all but one. I worked for Netflix. That one I didn't know anybody. But every other job that I've had, I've known somebody that was affiliated or just was able to right, kind of word job. of mouth. You know the. And it's really funny. It wasn't until much later in life when I was the person looking to hire people that you realize the disconnect. Yeah. Because there are so many people out there that are looking for good employees. Yeah. And there's so many people looking for jobs that there's just never been a really good way of connecting the two. No. There's a whole online industry now that's still trying to do it. Well, there's that and there's been a headhunting industry. Yeah. You know, where you can go to, you know, a particular place and their job is placement. Yeah. Is is to take your skills and place you with another company. I've done that. Yeah. When it comes to restaurants, yeah. You've been a he- oh, you've found a job that way? Uh well, I mean I I never ended up taking I did find a job that way. I didn't yeah. take the job, but I, I found a job that way and and uh it was it was fairly easy. It was great actually finding a job that way. I mean, I think for me it was fairly easy because I have my resume. And what I was able to um, show him at the time, but you know, it's a lot easier than going out and having to look through Craigslist and having to, you know, connect all of the dots yourself when you just talk to one person and they make everything happen. They talk, they just call you back. All right, here's your interview. This is what they want to look for, and they'll coach you even through it. And That's tell cool. You and that they do this, that for restaurant stuff. Oh yeah, I yeah, for management. For, yeah, for management. So and again, they're getting paid by this company that's trying to find good managers yeah. yeah, and rather than them spending their time looking, they just hire a service. Yeah. So one of my good buddies, uh, when I first moved out here, uh, was a headhunter for an it headhunter. Yeah. And that was his thing out of right out of college. He got paid $35,000 a year to be a headhunter. Yeah. That's not bad. There's, there's a whole industry with that. I was contacted several times by companies, you know, that were looking because of, my resume and what I was able to do. I've never experienced that. But I, <laughs> I was always loyal. Complex. I was, I was all, <laughs> always totally loyal to Aztec, and of course that worked out really well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Good, good call. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I've always had great instincts. So, okay, so we've determined that we're job people, as opposed to career people, as opposed to career people. So I can go back to, uh, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast when I was very young. Is this your first job? Before the age of, you know, legally being employable, uh, I used to work on the Bayfront in Newport for 25 cents an hour. What were you doing? uh, Just general things, cleaning fish. Uh, We launched boats with the sling system. I kind of went into it in one of the podcasts that we had. Yeah, I remember, I think the first one. Yeah. I'm not, that might be in the lost episodes. Yeah, it could it's be possible. Maybe, maybe it should have stayed there. But anyway, but twenty five cents an hour. Yeah. That, so at that point in time, though, it's not about the money you make. It's about that you're doing a job. You're, you know, at your first job, you're just well happy Hank, about actually accomplishing that. Yeah, you know, I 
12 years old or something and hanging out down the bayfront. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you're 12, which means it's, what, 1917. So then no. what's a, what's 25 cents an little, hour worth? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you could buy a house. <laughs> right. You save up for a few weeks and you could get a car. You Yeah, you would have had a car if you had a license. Well, That's right. Or if they would have had cars back then. They didn't have licenses. Yeah. I could have got a horse. <laughs> That's Ooh. right. Ooh. Seventeen hander, one horsepower. So when I was in high school, actually, the, my first legitimate job was uh, working for a janitorial company, and you know that was going around to different businesses and cleaning. I want to say that you personally are an amazing cleaner. Continue. <laughs> actually, I wasn't at all. I hated it. No, get to oh, this day, I, I used this to place vacuum. right now looks great. Yes, I, and Steve. Yes, and come on. Have I taught you guys nothing? Goodness. That you know, I ended up getting the job through my grandmother, who was the manager of the at that time welfare office in Newport, and the supply or the uh, janitorial company that that would clean that office. She would deal with, and so she kind of hooked me up with them. It's all in who you know, exactly. Well, and that's yeah. you know kind of what we'll talk about is is you know what in got you there, right? Nepotism. Yeah, and I used to vacuum in there. The same way that you kids vacuumed when I asked you to do it, it was just to ask. Yeah, just you to hear the to hear the vacuum. You remember that? Oh yeah. To hear the vacuum run, not to clean. So it's you know one path right through the middle, and and that's it. But, oh yeah, I mean we tried, but that job I don't remember what I made. I think it was probably a buck and a half an hour, and uh, I absolutely hated it. But it gave me a little spending money in high school. Yeah, and that's the point able to buy some lunch right yeah some spending money because i you know had five younger brothers and sisters and one older sister so did you say your first job though was down on the shore down on the bayfront yeah on the bayfront so what's a longshoreman i never have known that longshoreman is a guy that works in the docks yeah. that unloads uh shipping shipping yeah that makes sense yeah. that makes sense so you're so, sort of a version of that but a kid and down there doing whatever. absolutely not <laughs> No, there was nothing about what I... We didn't unload anything. Oh, you did it? No, yeah. no, Not no. fish, nothing like that? No, Brownies was... It, it had a little... Sorry, I didn't mean to double back to this, but I'm... A little cafe and a bait shop, and he had uh, a, an actual f commercial fishing boat that went out, and then he had a barge out in front that kind of went out into the bay so that you would pay 25 cents. All right, I got it now. You know, so it was just that kind of thing, and then he would launch boats and had... Uh, boat rentals and just that kind of thing. It, there wasn't a shipping. It actually sounds, center. it actually sounds like a pretty sweet job for a 12 year old. It was it, great. It sounds amazing. It was great. So how much of uh, you talking about how many younger brothers and sisters you had, how much of your money that you made at that point in time was going to them? Absolutely none. 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 That's the not, right answer. Not a nickel. That is the right answer. But conversely, there was no money of my parents that was going to me. <laughs> yeah. So they had to, you know, take care of the young the youngins and you had to fend for yourself. So yeah, any, any money I had in my pocket, you know, was money I had to get myself. Yeah. yeah so. Great. Nice. It definitely a um, different perspective. Oh, Ooh, geez. I think we went the whole last episode. I think there's been a couple episodes yeah. since we've really enjoyed. Uh, mm. I love that we don't even finish sentences when we're doing perspective. Oh no. Cause no. you, you only have, there's a certain time limit to get that drink to your mouth. Yeah. It's a window. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you'll lose you the lose opportunity. The, lost and, the moment. Uh, and then you actually have to leave the uh, podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a timeout. Yeah. But, but my, my first job experience was definitely different. 
than that. I think the first job experience I had was working at Mucho Gusto, um, which was, I think I, I found the job through, could have been Craigslist. I might've just walked in back then when there wasn't a lot of, it was more walk in and actually fill out an application. As oh, a, the help wanted sign in the window. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Adam reflects on that like it's a like arcane, it was, yeah. It's an a arcane long time concept. ago. There was a it's, thing called Craigslist. It's, different, it's a millennial <laughs> perspective. All right, yeah. hey now, not sure. And why. I just lied actually on this podcast. I, it was not my first job. My first job was at Hawaiian Time. I totally forgot well, about that. Well, okay, that, well, that's not that's a lot. Fitting because it's not the first time you've lied either. That's a good point, actually. So we can just continue to move on smoothly. What was this job that you lied about? Um, Hawaiian time. It was it was a job I had in high school, mm. and uh, it was a, a family owned business. A couple of guys that actually went to the high school that I was at, and uh, we I was a grow guy there with one of my best friends, and did you say a grow guy, grill guy, grill, grill, oh, okay. grill? That yeah. maybe were something else anyway, cooking sorry. the meat yeah oh yeah you either had the beef grill or you had the chicken grill one or the other what was sought after there had to be a favorite yeah uh, you definitely wanted the beef grill yeah the beef grill well yeah. it's a higher paid position <laughs> it yeah, absolutely wasn't but uh it it was <laughs> it, it, it was less volume ah yeah which was uh much sought after that I makes think that makes total sense when you're they actually made us cut the the meat on the grill so we had cleavers Oh, you got to use a cleaver. Yeah. So we had cleavers that we would sh- chop this molten teriyaki chicken on the grill and we would chop it into quarter inch to inch pieces. It, it was very coarse. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we had to basically serve that up with some teriyaki sauce. Wouldn't that- it was molten teriyaki sauce. It was terrible. If you get that on your skin... There's no getting it off. If you if you got yeah. it on your skin and you tried to wipe it off, you're going to make it worse. You're going to spread it around. You had to just sit there and <laughs> let it burn you until it was it's like, gone. It's like oil or grease or something. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. It was terrible. But that was that was my first job working at, at Hawaiian Time. I'm just jealous you got to use a cleaver. I've only ever seen cleavers in like movies. And in high school, I felt like a badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, a, I'm a real butcher. And I'll I know. Well, I just remember cleavers from the old tv show leave it to beaver yeah exactly beaver cleaver yeah because they have had cleavers in that is that the yeah that was their name the cleaver have either of you guys ever used a cleaver no never have and how do you do that on a grill didn't it dull it by oh man yeah Yeah. you can't be bothered with that yes wow okay and that was that that was the worst part is you're slamming this across the grill because it's not going to cut it any other way and then that's splattering (laughs) up and there's teriyaki it's it was terrible Sounds like white phosphorus. So you get that on you. Yeah. Sounds like there was good training going on at this restaurant going. Yeah. Nice. You've come a long way, Adam. Yeah, it was great. Joe, how was your first job experience? I've been trying to think of what I would uh, qualify as my first job. I guess the first time I ever had an actual job where I had to fill out like that, it wasn't under the table. Yeah, ten ninety nine or something like that was uh, working at a grocery store. Pretty boring. It was my local hometown grocery store, and I was the bagger slash stocker slash, you know, whatever, beer heister. <laughs> actually, I never did that, but everyone I worked with did. You always wanted to. Yeah, yeah you thought was, about it. It was actually funny because when I first started, it was right on the heels and maybe even as a direct result of a couple of guys getting fired that had friends of mine, of course, that had stolen beer out the back and caught on camera doing so sound like smart guys yeah well they denied it right to the camera 
<laughs> oh yeah, they watch that's themselves not me. walk the way yeah. out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not me. That's not me. Someone yeah. wearing a mask. Exactly. But it was a uh, it was a crappy job, and I uh, just didn't go one day, and so they fired me. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. You know, it's funny. That'll happen. Yeah, I know. That's what I heard, and I didn't believe it until I tested it. I had to learn for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is how we most of us learn lessons in life. That was a crappy job. One of my favorite early jobs, though, and I've told you guys about it off mic a million times, is uh, my mom, when I was in middle school, moved to Alaska. So by the time I was in high school, I started to go visit her. And when I was of working age, uh, I would go and work at the fish cannery. And yes, at the time I was doing it, it was miserable. But it's one of the jobs I look back on the most fondly because it was just a bunch of college kids, high school kids you know, out there 16 hours on your feet, cleaning fish and shooting the breeze. And that's when I first learned of a little movie called Reservoir Dogs. I talked with my, you know, fish tank (laughs) mate about it. And he described the movie to me in full detail, which took actually about three times longer than the actual movie. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of detail in that movie. (laughs) There is a lot of dialogue. Anyway, one of the greatest jobs I've ever had in reflection at the time, probably the biggest chasm of at the time versus upon reflection was that cleaning fish for 16 hours. Okay. Next question. Sorry to just no, no, abruptly I, switch I into it. Yeah. Um, what is the best benefit you've ever had from a job? Like fringe benefit or uh, just in general, I, oh. it could be anything. It could be, it could be that I had the best health insurance possible or well, it could be for me. I'd, very boring i worked i mean other than working in a restaurant and being able to get free food which is one of the biggest expenses in anyone's life and just being able to to fend off that um is amazing but i'd say when i worked at netflix just getting free netflix that was that yeah. was the best thing for me you, you mentioned netflix earlier and i was actually going to talk to you about that because wow was that was how bad was the job or how bad did it pay that you don't still work there it wasn't it wasn't a bad job um it was more the timing than anything at the time i'd worked there back when it was still discs and and the online streaming service mm-hmm. and how they were combined into one it, it was actually when the online streaming service was developing right i and remember they, that it was terrible they were there were yeah and they, there was no movies or shows on there it was like old, old episodes that of anyone wanted shows to watch. you didn't give a shit about. Right. It's, and it's horrible and you're in customer service. 50% so of the calls that I got were, why do you not have better stuff? Ones. Oh, sorry. Well, that's what I meant was legitimate. Sorry, Alex. Um, but yeah, no, 50% of the calls we got were, you guys have nothing on here. You guys suck. Why we don't want to, yeah. you know, watch that's, you guys. I'm like, that's cool. Don't watch us, you know, <laughs> but we'll get better stuff obviously Netflix built his name and was able to come today with some of the newest films out there. It's amazing. But I personally uh, left there because of when it changed from a, uh, the, the combined service to discs and streaming split and were separate. It actually ended up becoming this huge, huge deal, obviously to the, the public because everyone was paying probably like $10 a month for both services. Right. And then at this point they had to pay like $7 for each service. 
So they're paying four dollars more the a month. Horror! It's, it's it's amazing what they have to go through. It's like when stamps went from twenty nine to thirty two cents. Right? Yeah, I remember Insane. five cent stamps are forever. <laughs> I remember ten cent, but yeah. So, but I I went in this day and it I was going through tough times in my life. Uh, you know, recently dropped out of college, got a divorce, had a had a rough time, and then and, and at the time just decided that I was gonna. I couldn't handle it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through a day of. I went in one day, and actually, it was actually an interesting story. I went in, and God, I hope so. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I went in, and there was. It really probably isn't. Uh, <laughs> we we will be the judge of yeah, that. Yeah, there 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 was a. We each had our own bag that had everything that we needed for the day that we kept randomly throughout the office of netflix it was not very organized you would throw your bag in the same spot that you knew you were going to come back and grab it it was like on top of lockers it wasn't organized so you would come back the next day find where you put it i came back the next day could not find it walked around the whole i mean there was probably 500 people working in this office so there's it's a big office and walked around could not find it um, and at that point I remember walk as I was walking around, I looked at everyone's face and everyone was so dreadful. They were just dying at the calls that they were getting. <laughs> and it was the day that we had actually switched from the dual service or the single so, service to the so dual service. So you were service. customer service and you just had to deal with angry people. All the time. Yeah. Customer service. We you tried to come fix. down on the good side of that switch. No. No. So. so- I so when I hear you worked for Netflix, what I envision is something like Google or Amazon and where you live in this Shangri-La and you're just playing foosball all day. And, yeah. You know. No, the way he described it to me, it was it was cubicle a cubicle farm. Yeah. Well, which makes sense. Basically. But Netflix is one of the like best things in the world right now. <laughs> it really is. It's one of the most popular things. Yeah. And, and, and at the time, it was the only customer service representative warehouse for netflix and that was for all of north america all of canada all of uh the u.s so it's before they it was all discovered the continent of india exactly yeah. and at that point they decided that there was third parties that could uh, handle that a little bit better yeah uh, let's send that overseas yeah smart yeah. yeah savvy but at the time i remember being very proud because they were they'd pick portland and i remember them saying of course i'm sure it was all of rude to to fire us up but they were talking about how the polite and how great the people were in Portland and how that's why they wanted to translate that in. I'm sure that was the top of their list for, oh, the, yeah. for their location determination. It had nothing to do with whatever the tax structure is. In no, Oregon. no, it's nothing about <laughs> making money. Yeah. It was all about having a great product. Okay. The best benefit that I ever got. Yep. Oh, right. Your question. Yeah. It was. <laughs> the I'm best, so glad we got back to this. The best benefit that I ever got from a job was having a chance to work with my kids. So at Aztec, whatever, easy. <laughs> Sorry, buzz level six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess check. <laughs> it's gotten away from us, folks. Oh, oh man, it happens. It happens. I apologize for him now. No, I mean that's that's truth. I mean I've had a lot of jobs. I've had a lot of things that I've enjoyed doing. Some that I hated, but having a chance to work with Marie and with uh, Zach and with Adam was just wonderful. But mostly Marie, be honest. Well, she worked there the longest. <laughs> she was the most productive. That was a shot at Adam. Yeah. I'd, and I'd Zach. Just take I a shot on myself. Yeah. 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 Well, Adam was there for about a week. I'd, so hey, I worked my ass off in that week. Yeah. Hey. 
Kind of. You you got no choice when you're out on the truck. I tried my hardest, all right? I might not have done a lot. There were some days in the warehouse that... uh, (laughs) That, It was hard, all right? There was some Uh halo going down. Freaking... Yeah. Well, that's uh, more on that that. later. Yeah, for sure. But for benefits, yeah. I mean, that was always the big one for me because I just, you know, all of my kids worked their butts off. And so I never had to worry about anybody questioning whether they should be working. Although some new things have come up that we won't go into. (laughs) But... And they were unfounded because they all yeah, they all worked really hard yeah, was, and they did a great job. And and having a chance to work with your kids is something that that I would recommend to anybody. It's you know when it works, it is so much fun. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, you got the benefit of having good kids, so well, yeah, that helps. You know, so I'll I'll put that on them. You know, yeah. they are they're great kids. I always thought about that when you know obviously being in the restaurant business and having my own restaurant or you know having that be the dream. It would be really cool to to have a family owned restaurant and have everyone working there. And if we, oh yeah, if that was something that we had you know done growing up, well that's that's a dream of was. mine. You know, I'm at the end now. You know, I'm I'm retired except Jesus. for the little. We've talked about this. You would be the, the little, guy that would be, be at the end of the, the bar, end of the bar with the laptop and checking whatever numbers you want to or doing whatever you're right. doing, giving sports. away free drinks. And- yeah, let's get this guy over here a drink. He looks like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to college football. Yeah. So no, that's yeah, that's my bucket list. That's my end game. So, so if you, you, ever go you guys to, need to get on that. I'm working way. on it. I'm working on it. I know this is where we're going. So if you ever go to Pesto's right here, it's yeah. that's that's a family owned as it gets. They have you know they're the husband and the wife are in there all the time. You know she's serving half the time and he's walking around schmoozing and their daughter works behind the bar and that's exactly it's just, that. Yeah, it's it's awesome when it works. Another job that I remember. And again, I had some jobs when I was going to college. So you have the summer jobs. Summer so, jobs. That's a good one. So when you, you take a job, you know that it's only going to be for two or three months. And you know then you're going to go back to school or you're going to do whatever. And I remember one summer, I got a job as a garbage man. And this is back in the day of, of the aluminum garbage can on the shoulder. The Oscar the Grouch style. Oh, yeah. 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 So you're, you're actually going to each house. You know, So you've got the driver in the truck. And the can man, and you used to stand on the back of the garbage truck. So you'd, you'd drive through your route, and then you'd jump off and run over and dump the garbage out of the homeowner's can. Act like it wasn't heavy. Yeah, and then you you know, you know throw it up on your shoulder, and you, you run to the next place. Yeah. And it was, it was miserable. It sounds terrible. But it was, uh, well, I was in the best shape of my life at that point. Yeah. Because you're, you just, we would get paid for eight hours. No matter what. So as soon as you got done, then, you know, if you got it, the route done in six hours, you still got paid for eight. Yeah. It's house money at that point. So it was, it was run. It was just go. And you got that relationship with the other guy in the truck because even the driver would be jumping out and getting certain cans. And it it was, it was really a lot of fun once we got going. And then you always make your dump run. You know, you got to go dump the truck Mm -hmm. out at the, out at the landfill. Was it just one? Once a day. Really? You yeah. would, you would just fill up your truck on your route one time and that's right. it. And yeah. then you'd, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, you'd like to have an empty truck in the morning, but it kind of depended on who's throwing stuff away. You mean, <laughs> I mean, you mean that sometimes you would walk into a truck that wasn't 100% empty? No. Cause yeah, I mean, it's whenever the truck's full and there's, there's a plate, you know, you have the, the place in the back that you're dumping the garbage yeah. into, and then there's a scooper that grabs it and shoves it up and there's a compactor. And as you keep putting garbage into it, that 
compactor front wall keeps going until it gets to the front of the truck. Right. Then the truck's you full. Know, full, obviously. So it depended on how much garbage was thrown away. I mean, you could go, you know, pick up a can and there would be, you know, one little bag of garbage in it, or you'd go to one and it they would be totally full. They wouldn't make you empty it at the end of the day. No, the- it just when the truck was full. There's no reason to drive out to the dump That's with a half yeah. full truck. Right. Okay. And so you had so your route and depending on how... Yeah. Much garbage yeah. there was. That's. I just assumed that the ending point of all of the trucks would be to the dump. <laughs> Adam and I are having a real tough time. Apparently, wrapping I'm trying to move on with this, so you can't you can't blame me on this one. I, garbage was going to be just a couple minutes. On all this, right, we can't wrap our heads around on this, this podcast. Whole thing. So when the truck is full, you go to the dump. Okay, let's, ah. end, let's end there, Joe. What was the what was the best benefit you've ever had? Holy cow! Were you done with that story? No, and he already <laughs> I, told the best benefit. Yeah, didn't I? I don't know. But I don't know if he did. I'm I, bored with that topic anyway. Yeah, he did anyway. Yeah, that's no, but the point is we'd be on our way out to the dump and this guy that, you know, I mean, he's the expert. I think he's been doing this for three months and I, this is my third day. Yeah, he's the wily veteran. And he per- pulls into a 7-Eleven that's right on, on the way to the dump and he comes out and you, I'm sure you've never seen him and you might not, Joe, remember, but they had little eight ounce Millers and it was a like an eight pack of eight ounce Miller bottles. Uh, bottles, okay. Yeah. I think I do remember that. So my parents were alcoholics, so Oh, so you probably were in on some of yeah. that stuff. Okay. <laughs> but he came walk, you know, he runs in there and he comes walking. He goes, I'll be back in a second. And he comes walking out. I wasn't even twenty one with this little eight pack. So we're pounding these things on our way out to the dump. And of course you don't eat. You start at, you know, five thirty in the morning. So totally empty stomach and you're throwing back these things. Nice. And you get a nice little buzz going, you know, and then it's like, okay, let's finish hard. You know, let's get this done, you know. And really it was a horrible, horrible job. And especially in the summer, because you go running oh, up to a can and you pull stinks. the things. You know, and, and somebody would have thrown away a you know, a, a pineapple <laughs> that is just this sickening, sweet, rotting yeah. And oh, and maggots, and uh, uh, there was some horrible stuff going I on. I can only imagine. And you just, yeah, you just power through it. Yeah. Well, right. It's a dirty job, right? You would, you would, you would qualify. I'm sure dirty jobs did garbage men. I would yeah. have to imagine. Mike but, Rowe may may yeah, have done that. I'm sure. But I just remember one morning, and you know, it's six o'clock in the morning, and you start out by going to restaurants, Ugh. and <laughs> and the dumpsters that they have. And I just remember pulling up and and we lift this thing up and it dumps into the back of the truck. And it's not like the ones you have now that grab the cans and throw them in. You know, this is all manual. Oh, those guys don't even know what it smells like. No. So I just remember we're, we're standing by this thing and we're dumping it. And then you have to, it's, it's from a, a restaurant and we're holding this, he's holding this thing up. And I'm like, man, it's empty. And he goes, no, it's not. And so I'm standing there looking and this stuff eventually comes sludge running out Ugh. and it's just it's it's thick and it's full of who knows what but it just is ridiculous viscous and i'm yeah i'm looking at this thing and all of a sudden i just started laughing and i started laughing so hard that i'm crying and he's looking at me and goes what i said okay think of this how much would somebody have to pay you to eat a spoonful oh, of that. I didn't even want you to say it. So we had this whole conversation watching this stuff run down the sides of this thing and into the back of the truck with how much money it would take. Would $10,000? For $10,000, would you take a quarter cup no. of this? No. Think about it. 
You'd have to just get it down for ten grand in your pocket. Well, what it, about a hundred thousand? Well, now yes, yes. Now you're yes. looking at this stuff, and now you're trying to find that tipping point. And it was hilarious. Yeah. It was it was so funny. The reality is, it's like two hundred and fifty dollars is the tipping point. <laughs> and the the thing is, we're looking at this, and depends we're, on what bills you have, and we're laughing, yeah. and we're having fun. And They're garbage men, Adam. Yeah, and we're making you know four fifty an hour. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty much an arbitrary point. But yeah. the thing that, and the reason that I bring it up. It's a C note. Let's be honest. <laughs> you can, you, it, yeah, $20 in that eight pack of Miller's. <laughs> That's right. You'd have had me. <laughs> it's lunch. I'm in. And a breath mint. But even, even the most horrible job, you can still have fun. Of course. And it's the people you're with and it's the approach you take. That's totally. exactly right. And that's probably the point of even doing a podcast about jobs, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you're just bitching. Right. You Absolutely. know, I mean, everybody's had that job that, and well, not everybody, but a lot of people have had that job. Almost everybody. That, you know, they just, they really didn't like, but they liked the people that they, they did it with. Yeah. And, you know, misery loves company. Absolutely. That's true. 100%. Yeah, and you got the common enemy, which is, you know, either your dickhead boss or the or the job itself, you know. Sorry, Alex. Or the customers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just, yeah, good point. The restaurant business is brutal. Yeah. Like you get it from all angles. You really do. It's yeah. You That's, gotta you gotta have that camaraderie in the restaurant of of the people that are there because you got the people above you, you got the customers at you from one side and, and it just becomes yeah, like you said, brutal. Well, it's so everyone complains about middle management because you get it from your bosses and you get it from your employees, right? Yeah. But the restaurant business adds that third level of yeah. the customer. Totally. And it's like, Jesus, what are you supposed to do with that? That was my, when I first moved out to, out of high school out here, my first jobs were in food service. And I've told you guys a million times that I, I hate it. And, you know, God bless you for doing it. But, yeah, you know, I worked making sandwiches at the coffee plantation and simultaneously, you know, working at the Manzanita hall at ASU doing, you know, the, the slop line for the, you know, the frat guys yeah. or whatever. That's I mean, like, ugh. working in different restaurants, I will say that it totally depends on the food that you're serving. If you do not believe in what you're serving to the people and you do not believe that it's 100% good ingredients, um, that, you know, in the way that it's being cooked and presented, you're not going to enjoy what you're doing because um, you get so much flack in so many directions. Like you're saying that you have to be proud and you have to be just confident in, in what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. Yeah. I never got anywhere close to that. Well, and that's a very interesting thought with the food service is when you're putting out food that you wouldn't eat. Now I've never worked in food service ever yeah. in my life, but there are certain places that well, you just you, told us that whole story about the garbage can, so, you know. Yeah, we never followed through on that because <laughs> oh. nobody had any money. Oh, okay. So it was kind of moot. It's close. But it was close. It was comic relief ah. for us that day. Otherwise, why would you want to watch this stuff? Anyway. <laughs> so, no, but the idea of working at a restaurant, I mean, it, it, to me it would be really fun, and I know your dream is, is to have your own place and serve great food. Yeah. And that's got to be awesome, you know, to, to yes. serve things that, you know, you want friends and family to come and eat because it's really good food. The people are talking about, you know, oh, but, working at a, in the day. but working at a place where you, you know that that, you know, the bun on that burger that you're delivering <laughs> has been sitting there for five days, right. you know, and it's, it's you, you know, that nobody's going to enjoy this food. 
they're just not. It's not good. You know, the restaurant's policies are not such that they are all about freshness and good food, but it's a job. Well, the, the, the people that are serving the food are not going to care about serving the food if the people above them don't care about what they're serving. I would like to see a transcript of what you just said. Oh, I think that he's just cut right to the bone of the food service industry. No, but it's That's very profound. true. No, it's yeah. exactly right. And you can tell he's management. Yeah. You know, that was management yeah. right there. Yeah. That's that's just a straight shooter. Is that is that on a sign on the wall <laughs> I, I, at Chipotle? Freaking should be. You need to put that over the door like Notre Dame. You're welcome, Alex. You know? Yeah, and everybody everybody touches it on yeah. their way into the to the restaurant. Man. Yeah. But that's what's so true. Profundity. But if but if you're what's that? Profundity. Profundity. Yeah. Thank you, cherries. And that that's maybe a nominee right yeah, there. That's gonna be a good one. But that's that's the whole thing is how can you expect you know the the people to give good service if you're not giving good food, which is just another way of saying exactly what you said. So let's move on to another job. <laughs> now we all really liked Mike Rowe with Dirty Jobs. Yeah, it was an amazing show. And that show. Yeah, I never saw an episode. Yeah, so but it's great. It's great. It's so sad when you say things like that. I know. So. I, I'm that guy. That's what I've figured out. You're the guy we can't hang with. I, I am in that regard because it's like everyone loves this thing, and it's like, yeah, I've never, I've never experienced that. <laughs> it's like I mean, oh. a person that has had the movie Stripes in their house <laughs> for almost a year now, no, it's and been has like never seen it. Four months. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, it's been longer. Than we can, can go to the tape. The we, we'll go yeah, to the tape. We'll go to the episode. But how can that person not be the guy you don't want to hang with? I never You love Mike Rowe. I do love Mike Rowe. But you've never seen Dirty John. Never. Not an episode. I, I I've I contributed to Adam, the Mike. Adam, help me here because I, I don't know I what just, to say. Okay. So when it comes, I, I the only defense I have to this is just speaking to it and, and how great it is. It's just, it's the, his connection with just being able to talk to the people about their dirty job, no matter who they are, no matter their IQ level or anything that's happening, he's able to really just connect with them and, and, and just be, it's so funny. I know. It's and so I, great. I'm, I don't want to give the impression that I'm aloof about this. I am wholeheartedly ashamed. I okay. need, oh, I, no, I, yeah. and, and rightfully so yeah, because you love Mike Rowe. I do. You've listened to his podcast. You've, he's amazing. And you know, he's he one does, of my favorite personalities in, in, popular and, culture. And the thing about this is it's a bunch of jobs. The concept itself yeah. is, you know, let's go and do jobs that are dirty, but also are just the jobs that really nobody wants to do. It's right. just honestly, the concept of it just makes everyone else out there feel great about what they do. Yeah, it just it's sharing. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean dirty jobs is a great show, but it, it goes along with, you know, like what we started talking about that absent a career path, we're left to whatever job you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, I know this guy and I need a job. How you got into contract locating? Yeah, exactly. You had no idea of even what it was. That had no idea that underground utilities even mattered in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden somebody goes, Hey, listen, man, I, I can get you a job because I need to get you off the couch <laughs> yeah. and put the bong down yeah. and let's, uh, you know, you need a few dollars here because you got to kick in for rent. Right. So you end up getting this job and and again, they're telling you how to do it with the least amount of effort. Oh, the, yeah. It was sold to me as a racket. Yeah. You know? Which it was at the time. Well, and I think it probably still is to some degree, but 
Yeah, it's it was sold to me as a here's what you can get away with and get paid. Now, one of the things from the very beginning when I first started working, I always felt like I would be a good manager. So every job that I had, whether it was driving truck or whether it was, you know, working at an aluminum plant or lumber yards or or different things, I always felt, you know, I just paid attention. I wanted to be a manager. So how I ended up in the utility industry was going to Vegas and I needed a job. I grabbed the whole family and Heather and I had loaded up a Penske truck and left Eugene and headed to Vegas. Just to get out of the Northwest? Just to get away from the rain and get away from just generally the the environment up there yeah. when, it, when it comes to the, the job market. There just wasn't much there, at least not for me. And, and Vegas, of course, is one of the, you know, California, Vegas, Arizona was exploding at the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's off to Vegas and I answered an ad uh, in the paper going back to hey, what we were talking about. Nice. And it was as a locator for UTI. And so I went in and applied and the, uh, the person that was interviewing, because uh, you know, when, you, when you go and apply for a job at this point in your life, and you know, I'm in my 40s. Were you really? Yeah. And so you, you, know, you, you look at the fact that, okay, well, I've, got, I've ran international companies. You know, I've, I've run window manufacturing companies with, with 200 employees. I've done all of these things. Well, if I walk in with this resume, they're going to look at me and go, what are you doing here? Yeah, right. Because this is out swinging a machine, just a simple job trying to find underground utilities. So I toned down my resume substantially to kind of make myself look like this is the kind of job that I should should be be looking for. That I should be looking for. Well, I talked with Freddie Galvin, who was the regional manager for UTI for about 10 minutes. And he was like, I'm not going to hire you as a locator. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. He goes, but hold on. Have you ever thought about getting into management? Well, as a matter of fact, it's not on my resume, but I have extensive experience as a manager. So he goes, well, we need a manager here. So, and that's what got me into that. That's funny. I didn't, I don't know if I've ever heard the story where you applied as a locator. I did. I applied and they wouldn't hire me as a locator, but I was hired then as the manager of the office. And in fairly short order, they had already, the, the office was so messed up, they'd already lost their contracts. And so they had uh, Southwest Gas and Nevada Power. And so they, uh, they came to me with, you know, run the office. And a couple of the guys said, you know, I'm not working for him. And they left. And I just said, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you. Yeah, don't let the door hit you. William was one of the locators. What's up, William? Yeah. Shout out to William. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so I ran the office. We did really well. And UTI offered to transfer me to Phoenix or Indiana or California. And I picked Phoenix. And that's how I ended up down here. Yeah. And that's how I met Joe. Yeah. Because I was uh, having been fired. Yeah. From the UTI office in (laughs) Phoenix. From the UTI office in Tempe at that time. Then, uh, yeah, my roommate who got me the job initially was Gary, of course. Gary Fillion. Hope you're listening. Uh, Anyway. yeah, Yeah. There's a real chance of that. Yeah. Hey, Gary. Actually, sidebar, I actually sent him because I saw something this week and I sent him a text to his phone number that I still had. And it's somebody, a very good chance he's listening. Then. Well, somebody called me back and they're like, yeah. Who are you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's no. kind of like when I text my brother. Yeah. Well, Who no, are you? It was, it was, yeah, they're like, yeah, this is like a, you know, textile manufacturer or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, now I forget my point. See, that's how that goes. Well, that's how that's, you, you came back in. Oh, yeah. And he, I was the... Yeah, he goes... I think I can get your job back. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, there's a new manager. And 
That's kind of a douche. I think we can convince him that you need a job. And I'm like, sweet. So, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, that's sweet. But, you know, again, it's it's circumstances. You do the best with, you know, with the situation. You know, as you're you're younger, you you don't know enough, you know, about applying yourself. So often, you know, people are looking at, well, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard it and I've thought about it myself is that there's maybe there's 10 positions in a particular place. And if you're like, oh man, if I was doing that job, I'd be really good. <laughs> I would be awesome if I could do that. Yeah. And you're shitty at what you're doing. Yeah. Because you don't like it. You don't want to do it. So it's like, yeah, if I could just do that. And so it, it becomes that situation where, well, wait a minute. Okay, tell you what you do. Be good at what you're doing now. Yeah. And then maybe you'll have a shot at that. Exactly. But that's something that you just don't know when you're, when you're young. No, it's, it's a weird thing. And, and, and there's a couple of people out there that, you know, can grasp that early in their lives, but really it's very rare that like my, my buddy Lonnie, I've talked about a million times and you know, he's my best friend in the world. He was one of those sort of anomalies when we were kids that he was like, you know, he just got it. He's like, well, what you do is you go and you do the best you can yeah. at, at whatever you're doing and you kick ass and that's how you live your life. Right. And as a consequence, he's, you know, become a construction superintendent. I mean, he's the best builder I know, and he's in a construction superintendent. And he's, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's doing well for himself. As far as his building goes, yeah. And he's supporting his family completely. And, you know, he's, and then some, it's. Yeah. But it's, it's truly when you, when you get to, to know that concept early, it's so many people don't have, don't learn that work ethic. Almost nobody. From the very beginning. And I, I do, uh, praise my dad for, for being someone that, that did help. Now I, for me, you know, we talked about him moving to Vegas and then to, you know, eventually down to Phoenix, you know, just a second ago, mm -hmm. because of that, I actually was kind of removed from him. Yeah. Cause you stayed in Oregon. Yeah. For a little while, um, you know, all through high school and whatnot. And, you know, raised by my mom, I was able to become such a caring and amazing um, you know, guy in that sense, just, just being able to I, I understand and, and just feel the people around me. But as far as a work ethic, that was something, honestly, I, I even didn't even realize that, that I had, uh, th that I was missing until I really come down here and started living with my brother, you know, the prodigy, talking to your dad, talking to my yeah. dad and, and, and starting to work for him at, at Aztec and, and working two jobs and just really, really kind of, identifying that and what was he's I, I swear to god he needs to be like a career counselor or something like that i mean he's he's got he's so we're talking about him like he's not here because he's not he got up to get a drink and right. here he comes but he's been like that's really like the niche that he f excels at is management and of people it's which, not management i mean he's excellent at managing situations but he's perfect at managing people which is just kind of insane to think that you know being his his son you know that what i've been able to learn and what i've wanted to learn you know i uh is is great i but i've i love how much he has taught everyone yeah you know it's cool you right? you you yeah. know in particular as well and but anyone and just he he has affected so many people and helped them in so many different ways it's really, really been um, an amazing inspiration for me to just kind of persevere and, and want to be better at what I'm doing. Um, well, how many conversations have you had with your dad about your job that you're doing right now? 
It's, I mean, 10,000. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's constant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's constant care about who I am and what I'm doing and, and persevering and trying to get better. And I know that he does that for all of his children. And, and I think that that, you know, it's funny how you know, what we're talking Look about kind that. of Look, looks, looks back at parenting. And then how that reflects jobs and, and just how for that the reflects listener, how you're looking at it. Just for the listener, not only is he all the things we're talking about, but he just handed his son a drink that he made with his own sweat. Hey, so what have you guys been talking about? So, Joe. <laughs> oh, nothing. Thank you on that perspective. Hey, hey, amen. There you go. Nothing. We were kind of, I mean, we mentioned what a douche you are, but after that, I forget. Yeah, I I mentioned something about Sorry, you, Alex. but I, there wasn't much. So we can move on to the next topic. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. It's so that's what we're, you know, work is what we're talking about. And what do you do when you're faced with a job that you don't, nobody, almost nobody, unless you've gone to school with a focus, you know, if you just go out looking for a job, yeah, then whatever you end up with, there's a part of you that goes, eh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like very few people out there that are 100% sold on what they're doing. Yeah. You just don't commit to something that you kind of, the thing that you're able to scrape together because if you're out looking for a job, you take what you can get. Exactly. It's a means to get to where you want to be. Right. You're just, you want money. Yeah. It, It really comes down to money. And one of the things that I found interesting is for a period of years, I worked at lumber yards and you know, you're driving a truck and making deliveries. And then I had a friend that worked for American Steel, exactly the same job, okay? You're delivering virtually the same truck that you're driving, and you're taking these things out and dropping them off. With wood and lumber, I was making $10 an hour. That's a long time ago. Pretty good. When I looked into this American Steel thing and delivering steel, again, same job, same thing. They're making $16 an hour. Yeah, it's just whatever the industry. 60% more for steel as opposed to lumber. It's like, well, okay, well, the markup, I guess, is different. But yeah, you know, and again, I went from lumber to steel because it was no brainer to me. Yeah. You know, because I can do the same job now and uh, I can make more money. Yep. It's whatever the market will bear. Yeah. And at no time, you know, as a senior in high school sitting there in career day thinking, God, I'd love to be (laughs) able to drive a truck, which is what my dad did. Uh, And and deliver lumber to people and then steel. Are you kidding me? Rods, cold, you, you know, cold roll steel. Did you guys ever have a dream job? Did you guys ever? Of course, have some, every, well, everybody has a dream I don't know job. if I ever had a dream job. Oh. I don't know if I ever had a I job. I forgot you were a millennial. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, I always looked at it as there were so many options and so many different things. It was overwhelming for me. And I think that's part of my personality and who I am. But well, it might be. And it also might be, I mean, I'm joking, but yeah, you're a millennial and times are different now. Like you don't have to have a dream job. You don't have to have a career. You can just go out and do this for a while and then you can go do that for a while. And yeah. you can get this well, degree okay. or whatever. You want to start talking about time and difference. It used to be you went into whatever career your father was in. Exactly. So if your dad was a plumber, then you came up and you went to work for him and you learned how to be a plumber. Yeah, and it exactly. Was, the it was, cherries were loggers. Was it absurd to to think that you were going to change your objective there? You were going to well, go into a people took pride field? in that, in, in following in their father's footsteps yeah, or, or their mother's footsteps. But the fact is what changed is the plumber decided that I don't want this kid to do what I've had to do. So I want him to go to college and I want him to do something different. 
And speaking of Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe addresses this fact that yeah. we, we've lost that that generational connection to vocational jobs. Yeah, to trades. Yeah. And we have, I can't tell you how many people out there, it's in the hundreds of thousands, if not more, with degrees in whatever they went to school for, with also student debt that are working at a restaurant or that are working at this or were working at that because their parents' dream superimposed on them was to go to school. Right. Meanwhile, there's all these jobs that are out there that aren't being done because... Because people didn't go through yeah. that same process. So that's, yeah, that's kind of a bizarre phenomenon out there. It's totally. a weird one. Micro works. People should check that out. Micro works. Just Google it. It's fascinating. So, yeah. so what, what, what were the dream jobs? So my dream job when I was a kid was to be either a paleontologist Ooh. or an astronomer. Solid. Yeah. Those yeah. are both very solid. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to do both of those. And then I started to get a little bit more realistic and said, maybe I'll be a computer, you know, programmer but that was for like eight seconds and i got over that yeah i went to school for that yeah realized <laughs> that's right that, yeah, yeah binary code oh. yeah i realized how tedious that was and i don't have that kind of mind yeah I, I went for graphic design and that was too much and i can imagine that programming was tw 10 times worse well especially in, back then this is in 70s yeah, yeah no i'm know? not so I'm there like, yeah I'm yeah not there was no there was no laptops there was no. I'm not cards. even trying to understand how difficult that was. Like yeah. that's just well, it's not necessarily that it was so difficult. It was probably actually more simple than anything now. But you know, nine year olds that are coding on their computers are probably more advanced. But yeah, you know, it it's was just so a different. It's a different tedious. ball game. Tedious. Yeah, because it was punch cards. Yeah, exactly. And you know, each command had a punch card. Yeah, and I remember then, you talking about them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So really, my dream job as as I went through. Uh, like I said, early on on all my jobs, I looked at who was running the place and was being a manager. Hmm. I just always thought that I would be a good manager. So, so that's sensible. Kind of, you know, and it's it just funny. really was wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as many that's, jobs as I've been fired from as a manager, God. <laughs> that might be that might be a, a topic Legit, of conversation. A legitimate statement. Take a hint, Steve. The, only, the only thing I will say is most of surprised. the companies that I was let go of when I was running them have struggled. I'm going to be surprised. I know this isn't in the air yet and like people haven't listened to this, but I'm going to be surprised if I don't get shanked on my way to my car tonight um, based on that statement. I yeah, know there's somehow, a, I know, somehow, that, I know yeah. there's a lot of people that, that would disagree with me saying that. So I don't even remember what you said. Yeah. That, that, that you're a great manager, like that saying that oh, you're a negative oh, manager. Oh, I, I really believe that I am. I, yeah. Well, I, that's honestly, what I'm I, I honestly believe that I am. And I was being a little facetious. Circumstances well, have been what they have been. It's only on the merit that you have been a great manager that you can, you know, sort of rest yeah. <laughs> and, and have such confidence. And the only thing that is more amazing than that is how bad your luck has been despite that with your oh, employment I don't know. situation. Yeah. It's, sh it should That's... be known to the listener that Steve's been fired from at least three significant positions that I know of where it wasn't it's, warranted. It's perplexing. <laughs> and I was witness to the la the last two, and I'm sure there yeah. at least there's yeah. at least one before that, and maybe more. So it's expound on that briefly, if you. Don't oh mind. gosh, no. Well, I mean, I don't, I just, I don't I, know. No, just you know, it's it's interesting with jobs how they work, how you go in and out of them, how you think they're going to work, you think this is maybe the job you want to be in, and it doesn't work out. How how just jobs work for everyone? It's it's. Very, very interesting. And I'm sure that 
how it worked out for you. Is... Okay. When, with me, I always had the approach and, and we talked about it earlier. The fact that my job as, as a manager of running things is to, to give credit to the people that are doing the work and take responsibility for the things that go wrong. And I always believed in that. And the other thing I always believed in is delegation. I wanted everybody that worked for me to get better. I wanted them to have a career path. I think, oh, you know, when you say delegation, that has a dual meaning for me. What you just said, you want other people to get better. Mm -hmm. Now, Joe, if you if he were to say delegating to you something, would you think that he's making you better or he's passing it on to you so he doesn't have to do the work? Well, it depends on who it is. With Steve, it was always an opportunity. Right. You know, but with other bosses that I've actually don't, ever think I've experienced, but I know what you're saying. It's like, oh, you, oh, you're, you're sloughing off all your crap on me. Oh yeah. You yeah. want me to do your job no, real no. quick? No, what Steve's saying is no, you give your people the opportunity to do the job so they can be recognized for, you know, which is a big difference when it comes to management. You have to be able to make sure people understand that when it comes to delegating. Plus, as Sorry, a manager, I just wanted to expand on that. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And plus, as a manager, you need to be thinking about other things other than the day-to-day, -day, you know, minutia or the the specific tasks that you're having your guys do. Well, right, so. I always felt that if if all the people that were working for me were successful and empowered. Yeah. And we're, we're doing the things and felt appreciated, then the group would be successful. Yeah. You buy in. Empowerment is the number one most powerful word when it comes to management. It's, it's, it's the number one word that you really need to worry about. Yeah. What great. does that mean and how you do it? You know, the other thing was also that I wanted everybody to succeed and, and not to say that, that I wouldn't hold people accountable because I always felt that I did. You did. But the fact is, is that <laughs> for sure I, I wanted them to be held accountable and I wanted them to be successful. So what I would talk with everybody that worked for me about was creating value. You have to create value in yourself. So you have to learn how to do this. You have to, you have to be able to do this. You have to apply yourself because by doing these things, you create value. And if you create value, then I can take that value to the people that are going to write the checks and I can get you more money. And that's the empowerment part. That's what, how you empower someone is you show them what it is they can accomplish. You show them the goal and then you help them achieve it. Yeah. Well, and and the other part of that is it's not always just money. I mean, yes, you can get your, you know, your guys more money, but you can make moves. You can, you can do things within your, whatever industry you're in that are fun and exciting to your people because they're doing their jobs. Right. right? Like, Hey, you guys do your jobs. We can talk about getting some new technology. Right. You know, we can, right, get, right, we right. can get new equipment. We can, we can implement new ideas. If somebody sees that you're doing a good job, they're going to listen to you and think about your idea in the workplace and, and possibly implement that. It's, it's all of those things, including money, but also including contribution. All the things that make you feel valuable to your team, that's what it, it's just, yeah, the, that's it's, empowerment. It's, it's the thought to them. It, it could be anything, but it's the thought that you're thinking about them. You're thinking about what they need yeah, it's and value. what they want. It's exactly right. Yeah. Creating value. Yeah. It's, you know, right, you, you exactly create value and it, it, it could be self-worth. It can be, you know, feeling empowered, feeling like what you're doing is making a difference and noticed. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that was what I always wanted to do. And I did have the opportunity to do that. And you did a good job at it. And it's 
again, perplexing, (laughs) (laughs) but we've talked about that a million times. Right. So it's funny how you can do the the best you can, the most you can, and and just things don't work out. There are things that are out of your control. Right. And there's no reason to be bitter about it. It's just... It's just life, man. It's just what happens. Yeah. Dealing with it. Moving forward. Some of the greatest times I've had are morning drinking. (laughs) Well, see, there you go. And I think I touched on that with a garbage truck. And I I could have gone into more of those because, you know... I was That's a solid topic when it comes to jobs. I think that that was... There there were some others that that were a lot of fun. I I always love hearing you talk about the garbage truck. Okay, so there was like hair on the outside of it, and it was big and bulky and yep. baggy. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, and it came drizzling out of the dumpster from the back of the, the back of the truck. Oh, I, okay, I think it well, growled as it hit the end of the truck. That's exactly right. So we've touched on jobs. I, this is one we'll we'll go back to. I think that there's a lot more to explore. Absolutely. Sure. And again, uh, we're coming up on uh, a year. Yeah. With our podcast. So what are you going to do as a celebration for a year? Oh, I don't know. We do have some plans. We do have some things out there Yep. that, that we're going to do this next year. We have talked about them a little bit, but I think that there's some some things to look forward to. I think you've got to do like something for the year episode or something. I'm not talking about a cherries or anything like that. No, that's uh, that's yeah. the end of this year. Yeah, that's that's, that's the annual award. And boy, folks, you're gonna love <laughs> some of the things that we have planned for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had a good conversation. But I think that the the producer and us are gonna think of something real nice for this. And I want to say we we've, we've gotten some really nice feedback from some people here lately. You know, as as we've always said, we do this because we love doing it and it's fun. And you know hearing from some people that have listened and we've connected with some people that aren't around us on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Scott Wilson. Yeah. I mean, thanks and for listening. Judy buddy. loved hearing from you. Yep. Sorry and about the J U D Y. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, that's okay. Well, but, d- dyslexia is a real thing. Well, I just, I, I, I can't <laughs> see anymore. So it, it, it looked right. Autocorrect. It just happened. And it was it. That was it. It was autocorrect. Yeah. The millennial yeah. comes up with yeah. it. I got you. Damn nice. It. Why it didn't happens. we think of that? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, once again, you know, Joey. Hey. A <laughs> little weak on the soundboard tonight. Uh, you need to work on that or. or we'll I, get better. Or He'll not. get better. Or hopefully. not. Hopefully. We're hopefully. getting better. He'll get better. Maybe I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes the moniker. I, I do, actually. I'm kind of warming to it. But thanks, man. I, I love, you know, I've been on several in a row now, and I'm I'm just the luckiest guy in the world. Well, I appreciate that. All right. I laid it on a little thick just there. No, it's an honor for us. No, I honestly, mean, you contribute man. a lot, Joe. I will say that. And I know it's not self-serving <laughs> I know that, for us. I know to... that our listeners definitely appreciate it because oh, sure. I'm sure that the, the times that we get by ourselves, it can be pretty lonely. You guys are great by yourselves. Yeah, we really are. We'll figure it out. All right, guys, if you want more perspectives later, go Blazers. Who are the good ones, the good ones of today? Point them out to me so I can come and join their reign. We'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change. We'll want to understand this progression we have at hand. Humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand. I said let's progress in good contest. Make conference then love our best. Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high. Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines. Our love that makes no sense. We who spend love at no expense. We are a force of passion. Create a new faction. Taking action. Working hard just for the satisfactions. With the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight.
because our light is in their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies. Don't remain mystified by their lies. Can't trust us, but we will teach you how to be true. Teach you how to speak the truth, but we stand here. We listen to you. No longer hinder, for love is the spark. And we are its tinder. We are the good ones. The good ones of today. We're sending 